0: KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa. A product of Tyler Media. Reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the franchise Oklahoma City Thunder first take postgame show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa.
1: Well, I hope you're enjoying a good beverage. I hope you changed out your shorts. And uh, my goodness, here we are. Going to a game set. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Houston Rockets 104 to 100. And dare I say, a, uh, a nice friendly little scrum between uh, two uh, opponents. So, there you go. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, like I said, uh, no momentum going into this. Uh, getting beat by 34 points in Game 5. Did not look good. And the next thing you know, uh, they bust out some pretty good defense. Uh, it was sloppy play. You could see a lot of um, tension building between the two teams. P.J. Tucker is going to need some uh, medicine after this. Robitussin will probably take care of a lot of that stuff. And my, oh my, didn't the Russell Westbrook show uh, prove to be something odd in this one? Uh, once again, 104 to 100. We got a full house, kids. It is Madison Morris. It is Brady Trantham. It is Ryan Chapman. Uh, we will be joined later on by John Hamm and Chisholm Holland. The best coverage, the route to the toot. That is what we do here on 1077, the franchise. Uh, Madison, I will start with you. Uh, We watched this thing, and uh, what did I say about the six-minute mark? It did not look good for the Thunder.
2: Yeah, no, it didn't look good at all, just because, I I don't know, throughout this entire game, I was watching it, and people might disagree with me, which is totally fine, because most people do, but I kind of had this weird feeling that it just, it felt like a sloppy pickup game to me. I mean, both sides were struggling on different ends of the floor. They were just, you know, having little weird, quirky moments that weren't looking like Thunder basketball, weren't really looking like Rockets basketball. It was just, it was kind of all over the place, honestly. It was a little sporadic. So, I I don't know, as it kind of got down to the wire, it was a lot of, like, chirping at each other, uh, just a, a lot of weird fouls going on. But, yeah, Jerry, you called it. I mean, it didn't look good for them. But, honestly, that was just, like, the scenario for this entire series because, I, I don't know this Thunder team. They haven't given up yet. They have just like done a lot of great things in the uh, kind of like the final stretch of games. And Chris Paul, oh my gosh, he just he came to work and he forced that game seven for his team. So that's really awesome.
3: You guys are excited. Feel these nipples. <laughs> the
1: Think about this. It is late night. Uh, I miss this. Nights. Feels like the old times. Absolutely. This
2: is my bedtime right now. So let's like come on,
1: Brittany Trantham. Uh, listen, like, like she said, uh, Chris Paul right came to work. Not only did he hit some incredibly clutch shots to keep Oklahoma City in it, uh, but also I think that on the uh, bench he was figuring out other player relation things. I think somebody didn't have towels delivered for the Lakers. Like, this guy takes care of everything (laughs) when it comes to the bubble. Chris Paul, I mean, what do you say? At least one more game for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Exactly.
3: I mean, Chris Paul, apparently in the postgame, he even gave Robert Covington a backhanded uh, compliment. He was like, oh yeah, Robert Covington, Uh, Tennessee State, HBCU. And this is, of course, minutes after he drains a three in Robert Covington's face where the defense could not have been better. And I think it was the one to uh, put the thunder... No, actually, it tied them at 93 in the fourth quarter. And he runs down back on the floor to get on defense, and he just swats old Robert Covington on the rear end. Like, good defense! Like, oh man, Chris Paul was just... Everything you want in a clutch player, he looked like the player we saw during the regular season where when the Thunder got the game down into a possession or two in the fourth quarter, they would look to their leader in Chris Paul, and he would either hit shots himself or set up guys in 100% great uh, uh, spots, two hit shots. Chris Paul put the team on his back, and like you said, Jerry, it's uh, look, Russell Westbrook won the Thunder a playoff game, and uh, when the last time we we were able to say that? Not even Game 3 last year against Portland, because like that game, I think the Thunder just like blew them out. It's been a while since Russell has won the Thunder playoff game, but his six
1: turnovers, especially that last one, yikes. It was uh, it was pretty bad, and we'll go over to Ryan Chapman real quick. Ryan, uh, in the pregame, I think we were, you were talking about it, and you said if Oklahoma City could stabilize Houston out and have them, what, about 25 points a quarter? Well, you're wrong. In the second quarter, they had 26. My bad, my bad. That's on me, guys. But uh, in the third, they had 24, and it is. It's 100 points on the nose uh, Ryan Domas, how did you know? Well, you guys are bearing the lead. I knew
4: exactly. I didn't. I definitely didn't trash this dude in the pregame at all. The Lou Dort revenge game, guys. Two huge threes. Two enormous threes in the fourth quarter. But he was great all night offensively, defensively. He still had nine shots, which was a little rich for my blood. But if he's shooting five of nine, I think everyone's going to say, yes, yes. And the return of Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Gallinari. Oh, my gosh. These games are a lot more fun to watch when the Thunders' heavy hitters show up. And uh, I am absolutely jacked for a Game 7. Best two words in sports.
1: Uh, Madison Danilo Gallinari. Yes. Okay. Uh, all of one point in the last <laughs> game. One blanking point Yikes. last game. Uh, shows up and uh, I said in the pregame, I thought that Danilo Gallinari uh, should be the leading score. Uh, he wasn't. Chris Paul was with 28, but 25 big points from Danilo and he looked engaged for, uh, for most of the game.
2: Yeah, massive step up for Gallo for this game. 9 of 17 from the floor, 4 of 9 from 3. He hit uh, 3 of 3 from the free throw line. Honestly, Gallo just looked way more engaged and he was just taking all those tough shots and I think that's exactly what you have to do in these uh, situations. I mean, this is a win or go home situation for Oklahoma City. So, you know, what Ryan just said, having all of your big time shooters step up and actually take those shots and knock them down. My gosh, like that's exactly what Gallo did. So he had a large part in this Thunder team being super competitive tonight. So it was a good thing he showed up and it was a good thing he remembered how to shoot the ball. Brady, I
1: looked at the, I mean, we all watched that fourth quarter and it was nail biting. I mean, there's just back and forth and it wasn't good basketball. It was gross. It was gross for about three or four minutes there. Uh, before the Thunder finally got the bearings under them. Uh, you, you sort of look at it, and I think Houston actually made the big uh, mistake of letting Russ sort of control uh, towards there a lot of the last possessions. I, I don't understand what D'Antoni was doing, because Russ was basically initiating the offense and maybe having Harden off ball. He thought that it would give Harden a rest, but is that really the time that you want your MVP candidate getting a rest and coming off ball?
3: Yeah, and it really seemed off-putting just because, like in the few like in-game shots we saw of Dan Tony in that fourth quarter, it was just a whole bunch of "y'all calm down." Specifically at PJ Tucker, who, you know, that's what PJ Tucker is. He got a big-time charge on Dennis Schroeder that helped uh, the Rockets. Potentially, we all thought at the time, like I don't know if the Thunder are going to be able to bounce back from that one. He comes back has another fiery play where he's reacting to a call. And D'Antoni is just like, guys, calm down. We have this game. Just just keep going. And then Russell, at the end of the game, when Chris Paul's hitting shots, is just like, I'm just going to take the ball and try to increase the pace because, yeah, like the Rockets have more athleticism than the Thunder. So that makes sense. And Russell at least had the right idea, spe- specifically on that last pass that went out of bounds. Of course, it just it went out of bounds, so the play wasn't there. But, I mean, guys, this was outside of the fact that this game didn't go into overtime. This was a carbon copy of Game 3. I mean, the Rockets in in the third quarter start off, they're hot. They get the Thunder down in a hole, just like they did in, in Game 5 as well. But Dennis Schroeder doesn't fou- doesn't get ejected so the Thunder don't pack it in for Game 6. But the Thunder just did what they always did. They chip away. They don't let things snowball and they set themselves up to get in position. And in fact, the Thunder took an eight point lead, I think, early on in the fourth quarter, and the Rockets kind of came back. And it just kind of speaks to what Oklahoma City is able to do in clutch time. But um Dan Toney said something in the postgame just now where he's like, We can't play much worse, you know, as the Rockets. We can't play much worse. I'm going to disagree. Harden played well enough. Robert Covington has played better and better and better. And I thought Potentially could have won the Rockets this game with his early uh, early play on in the fourth quarter. I mean, what, what else do they expect? Do they expect Russell to play better? I don't know if we can expect that. Do they expect Eric Gordon to play better? I don't think we can expect that because that dude is shooting Lou Dort well, like Lou Dort numbers from the floor. This is what the Rockets are. This is what the Thunder are. The Thunder the Thunder can take punches. The Rockets just need to pray that their shots fall. And I don't know what you want for a game seven with those two uh, schools of thought.
1: Here's what I think is funny too and Ryan we'll get your thoughts on this real quick. Uh actually, you know, the uh the Rockets 15 of 44, 34%. I mean, it's it's okay, but it's not what the Rockets need to uh, to win that. And honestly, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder shot thirty six three pointers at thirty three percent, so they sort of hung in there with them. Uh, field goal percentage forty five percent for Houston again. Uh, rebounds, uh, obviously, the Thunder out rebounded them by ten. Uh, that's going to happen. Steven Adams, I thought, had a great game on the boards, and at times looked pretty hate to use the word here, dominant. You you look dominant underneath. He looked like, except for that one time he gets fouled (laughs) on the dunk. Bro, you just got to slam that through. Yeah, Got to just put that through there. But uh, 14 rebounds for Steven Adams. That looked good. And uh, the Houston Rockets kind of did what they do. They played well enough to win. They could have won this game. It's just down the stretch, it was. It was mental. It was actually the mental strength of the Oklahoma City Thunder that won this thing.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And we kind of talked about this with Russell Westbrook coming in. You wondered, in Game 4 especially, it looked like the Rocket Shooter's legs just died. And you kind of wondered, hey, would this be the advantage Houston has where Russell Westbrook could take control and start to drive to the buck a little bit and save the legs of the Houston shooters. It turns out the ball didn't even get there. Like You you needed James Harden to be bringing the ball up in these clutch moments because Russell Westbrook was just playing too out of control. But I do think we need to stop for a second and give a big pat on the back to Stephen Adams and not only Nerlens Noel because when they were in tonight, those two guys have been much maligned this entire series due to the fact that the Thunder have been so much better when Danilo Gallinari plays the five. They both were very, very strong defensively, protecting the rim and forced the Rockets to continue to jack up those threes and not like work themselves into a rhythm by getting to the hoop, seeing the ball go through and working their way back out. So I really think that uh, for as much as we've kind of questioned Billy Donovan for his insistence to play a true center, it paid off tonight, and it's one of those things that games three and games four, mm-hmm. Adams and Noel played their best games in the Thunder 1, so you can kind of see where Billy Donovan's going. The, the problem is the Rockets also played poorly, so I don't know if it's fool's gold or what, but that's a conversation for tomorrow, because game seven, let's
1: go. Billy Donovan knows more about basketball than us, right? Uh, but, I don't know. Yeah. I
2: feel like I'm pretty well-versed on it. <laughs> well, let's compare uh, resumes. I, Come on. I mean, we can compare paychecks, too, because I don't, I don't get paid to be a basketball coach. Well, he's
3: not an influencer.
2: I'm That's, not one of those either, Brady. I,
3: I we saw something on Twitter, but we don't need to get we don't need to get into that. It's
2: fake. It's all fake. it's
3: fake That's news. Fine. But
2: uh, but
1: seriously, as the influencer uh, in this roundtable, <laughs> Madison, uh, I mean, not, only speak to it, in keeping conventional guys on the floor like Stephen Adams and mm-hmm. Erling Noel, And I'll be honest with you, what he's done with Darius Baisley and putting him in spots as the series has continued. Darius Baisley has become more important.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Baisley didn't have a high-scoring game. He hasn't really the past couple of games, but that's okay because this also applies to guys like Nerlens and Steven. They have a role when they're out there, especially like what Ryan said. Steven Adams picked up 14 boards tonight. Like, that's huge. they... He, you know, he's getting second chance points. He's able to kind of keep the game alive, keep the ball alive. It's just he has a crucial role when he is out there. And I think Darius Baisley is really developing through this whole process, which is very important for him right now because he is a younger guy. He has, you know, a lot less experience in playoff atmosphere than guys like Steven and Chris and Dennis do. So it's just I don't know. I like the development of him. He played twenty two minutes tonight. I think the other night he didn't even like play near that. So it was he's just he's building on up and like he really is developing into a great basketball player the more that Billy Donovan trusts him.
1: Houston's offense is explosive, Brady. Uh, it really is. And this is the first time that I, I'm looking at my, my my flow chart. I love these flow charts. It's my favorite thing to look at in this series. And it was sort of even. This, uh, this game. This is the first time in a long time. The biggest lead on either side was nine by Houston, and Oklahoma City had an eight-point lead, so this is really the closest game that Oklahoma City had a chance to really sort of control in a way, uh, but this is what's going to kill D'Antoni and the Rockets at the end of the series. Again, the free throws. Again, they went to the line with Russell Westbrook and James Harden, Brady. They went to the line 12 times. How do you go to the free throw line with James Harden and Russell Westbrook? Twelve, and then what, what do we see? It was it in the second quarter where they were in the bonus, like with nine minutes left, and yet no fouls. Like it was, it was basically played clean after that. I don't understand how Houston is just messing away a great opportunity to get to the free throw line and slowly strangle the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's I don't know what it is. It's just not working. It might be good defense, it might be bad uh, offensive possessions for Houston. I don't know. Yeah, and
3: I don't know how you how you all feel about the officiating overall in this series, but I feel like the the officials have just gone, now we're going to let you guys be physical and beat the hell out of each other and we're not going to let this turn into a free throw contest with James Harden. And there have been times there have been sequences, you know, some back and forth possessions where James Harden will get the benefit of the call. And there was one sequence, particularly in the fourth quarter, where he gets to the rim, runs into, I think, Danilo Gallinari and Gallo gets called for the foul. Then right on the opposite end, Lou Dort, who was kind of half out of control, but James Harden was kind of half in position, and they give Lou Dort the charge. It's like, okay, is that that how we're going to end this fourth quarter? Is that how we're going to deprive NBA fans of a potential fun game seven? We're just going to turn this into a free throw thing. Uh, I applaud the officials for not going that route and allowing the teams to just basically win it on their own, but it, it's interesting, guys, because we go back to that game one where we were all shocked that Houston brought the intensity, they brought the energy, and the Thunder were just like, oh God, what what is this? And that was the big shocking thing, because like, that's what Oklahoma City does this entire season. They bring the energy, they they had the attention to detail, and yet they were just out of, out of nowhere shell-shocked by what Houston brought to the table. As the series has gone along, Oklahoma City's been better at acclimating to what Houston wants to bring to the table. And, you know, Ryan, you I think you were absolutely right because we just hated on Steven Adams. We hated on New Orleans Noel. But we did say, Billy's still going to play them. So we need to see some plays. And we didn't just see a random play or two. We saw a random play or two by New Orleans Noel. He had a block. He had a steal. Um, he had a bu- put-back bucket early on in the first half. But Steven Adams really earned every single minute he had tonight. He fought for so many rebounds. He kept so many possessions alive. And if you're going to play Stephen Adams, that's what you need to see. Because unfortunately, you can't just dump the ball to Stephen Adams and expect him to beat P.J. Tucker on the low post because P.J. Tucker, give him credit. Steve is just not there offensively. But I mean, I I like what I saw out of of Stephen. If this is what we're going to expect for Game 7, guys, this is going to be a fun Game 7 because the only way Houston basically turns this into a non-competitive game is if they just have a quarter where they can't miss. And... I don't think we've seen that yet. Even in that game one where they had a great second quarter, great third quarter, this Houston team cannot sustain their runs against this defense. And I think after six games going into seven, game seven, uh, we can expect uh, as much so.
4: Yeah, it's just one of those things that, going back to why perhaps the um, the Rockets didn't just kill the Thunder at the free throw line, I think that just harkens back to New Orleans Noel and Steven Adams did a great job tonight. They didn't put themselves in poor positions to to just get run into basically in the restricted area, things like that. And and I think it's just a testament to the resilience of those two guys because they have been much maligned. And this is a very, very hard series for them. Everyone that is on the floor is smaller, shiftier, more athletic, whatever you want to say. They have the advantage in quickness. And so for those two guys to continually not put themselves in bad positions and keep the Rockets off the free throw line, I think it's more of a credit to them than anything else because tonight it was good defense. And the referees, yeah, there have been one or two moments where, hey, that's a foul on one end but not on the other. But this is about as good a series I feel like I've ever seen refereed where James Harden is involved because love him, hate him, that style of basketball, whatever, he is the best I've ever seen at being able to initiate contact within the flow of of, of putting his shot up and he is the hardest guy to officiate. And so I, I just think, you know, hats off to them. You're not going to hear me say this often, but the officials have been great and, and they've let the players decide the series other than the isolate instant with P.J. Tucker and Dennis Schroeder. But, hey, if we have one instant like that and we get a lot of great officiating, which has led to a bunch of really close, awesome games decided by the players, I'll take it. But I, I just think it boils back down to Narland's Noel, Steven Adams, and to an extent Basley when he's put in that position because they've all done a great job protecting the rim here ever since about game two. Let's
1: go around the horn real quick. Ryan Chapman, where can they find you? On Twitter? At Radio's Ryan. Uh, Brady? At Brady does sports. Madison?
2: At Madison Morris, the least creative out of the entire group.
3: What did we say during the game if you want to change it? At Mads online.
2: But that sounds very sketchy, so we're just going to go with at Madison Morris. You you might
1: get an extra 20,000 followers. At TV's Jerry. And, of course, Madison, uh, if you request the Instagram follow, uh, I'm sure that she'll go through it tonight and allow... Oh, for crying out loud. Only listeners to this show. If you're going to follow her on Instagram, make sure that you say...
2: Put it in your bio. Love the show tonight. Love the franchise. Okay, before we
1: go to John Hamm, we got a couple of things to take care of. We're going to do a play... In just a second, we're going to do a play of the game. But uh, a hill that I've been standing on, uh, I would like all three of you to take your shots at me now, if you would. Uh, Shea Gildress Alexander Gildress In the At least I'm not like the Denver guys Michael (laughs) Cage Kept calling him Alexander Slay Gildress Alexander How about shy Gildress Alexander How about soft Gildress Alexander Oh dear Guys At the end of this game I don't understand if he doesn't understand court geography. I don't know proximity of the rim <laughs> means anything to this young man. Geometry. But there are certain times in this game he beats his defender, gets to a spot, and then looks to kick out. Yeah. First of all, he does not play for Houston because that is the Houston offense that he is running uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to depend on this uh, young man to make some big shots over the next couple of years and um, I still had not got the message and in this uh, win or go home game I was disappointed I think is the least, least I could say it Imagine I was disappointed and some of the uh, decision making of uh, SGA towards the end well, of the Well,
2: you weren't alone in that because honestly, I was too and I've been super high on Shea all before the shutdown like, oh, this guy's so great. He really is going to bring such a great rep to Oklahoma City. That my mind hasn't changed completely yet because I still think he has a long way to go, but that's just that's exactly what I'm getting at. He has a long way to go. Right now this series against the Rockets has not been ideal for him. Obviously, that first game is like what everybody's going to think about yeah, just not super awesome tonight. Like, in, in, ended with ten points. Had a little bit of a uh, some sloppy turnovers there at the end that could have been super costly. But yeah, it was uh, it wasn't the best for Shea. So he he, de- he definitely needs to uh, learn his role for Game Seven if it, if he wants to make it count. Can
4: I push back on this just a little bit, guys? I, I get offensively Shea was not where you needed him to be, but down the stretch he was really good on defense. Like I'm not kidding. In that last five minutes, they targeted the hell out of SGA, and he locked it down. He locked in. He's never going to be an all-NBA defensive player. That's fine. But he put in a ton of effort, and and I know we're talking about effort, all this stuff. He kept Russell Westbrook in front of him and forced Russell into those stupid turnovers because Russell was like, oh, my gosh, I'm not to the rim. I got to kick this crap out, all that stuff. So, yes, Shea needs to step up. But you've got a guy like Chris Paul on the team right now, so it's not something he needs this season. He's going to have to go into that, yes. But he was clutched in the last five minutes defensively, and that's where he's just been used and abused all series long. So I feel like more than anything, that's a big growing moment for Shea right there to lock it in defensively and be just as big a part of this win on the defensive end of the floor as Chris Paul was
1: on the other end. 1077, the franchise. It is postgame post game show on TV's Jerry, uh, surrounded by a cast of millions. Uh, and a million and one is coming up because we will talk to John Hamm on the other side of this. You're listening to the first take post game show on What the Pussyfoot. Let's go ahead and get John Hamm on the line. Yes, you can say pussyfoot. Madison.
2: I honestly like jumped a little bit when you <laughs> said that. I was like, Ryan,
1: dump it. It's a real word. It's fine. Okay, uh, and it's used in uh, carnivals. And uh, so, should I like Google it right now? St- yes, absolutely. You can. Like, and on the station computer, that's how, I would love yeah, to. Chisholm
3: says cock all the time, and I'm just like, whoa, whoa. That's, whoa.
1: that's <laughs> as are getting weird and confident here. as I can. Uh, speaking of cock there's uh, John Ham on the line right now. John, how you doing, bud?
0: Well. Uh, I mean I'm just I'm I've actually got a little bit of a sore on my back where I have patted myself so much. Um, so I'm just uh, trying to put some ice on that.
1: Uh we're going to get you up with some stuff that we haven't really talked about and I think uh you can absolutely answer this uh being a guy who's been in the locker room with uh, Russell Westbrook uh quite a bit in the last uh 6 or 7 years. John. Uh Russell Westbrook is still hurt probably. Injured? We're not sure. Will he play Game Seven? And what the hell? All those questions for you now. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's this is
0: part. This was part of my concern with Russ bringing him back mid-series like this. I mean, we have seen Russ come back after an injury during the regular season. And there's usually some rust that he's got to work through, you know, his handles off, his, his passing is off, his shot is off, etc. cetera. Um, and so this was sort of the risk bringing him back. He's never been brought back in the middle of a playoff series like this before. And the intensity is ramped up to, you know, 15 on a scale of one to 10. This isn't the, the seating games. This isn't, you know, the, the scrimmages, it's high intensity basketball. And, You know, I'm not surprised his timing is off, and you know, it's. I, I I think the Rockets are going to look back and kind of wonder whether that quad is healthy or not. But, you know, uh, was it too big of a risk, kind of bringing him back at this point?
3: Well, I think on top of that, John. I mean, you could something as simple as this: Are we going to see Russell Westbrook again for Game Seven? Because what (laughs) I would be afraid of is Russell Westbrook thinking about this colossal collapse for the next day going into a game seven thinking, I got this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that's fair. And I mean, I know we're thinking that way. I just don't see, you know, look, the Rockets made that trade in the hopes of elevating the team. And I, they couldn't have forecast that they would beat the thunder in the playoffs, but I mean, surely they would have had to have understand that there would be situations like this that would come up. Um, you know, and believe me, Russ is not going to willingly step aside in this situation. So, you know, uh, I, I think he's going to go, and uh, it's it's going to be on Russ to try to keep his emotions in check. And as we know, that's awfully uh, that's awfully dicey.
2: Honestly, I felt like there were a lot of emotions just in this game in particular, John, because obviously we just watched it, but in the past couple of games, especially it's just been made out to be a very emotional series, and it makes sense. So... With game seven coming up and everything that's kind of occurred right now, like different guys stepping up, Gallo had a much better night tonight. Shea Gildas Alexander has been okay, but you know, it it hasn't been the awesome performance. How sustainable do you feel all of this is for this Thunder team to take it into a game seven, potentially get past that, and then they got to start all over with another series? Like, how sustainable do you think this team is right now?
0: I I mean, this team is sort of, I mean, what we saw tonight is sort of an an embodiment of what we saw the entire season. It's a team that started off five and 10. Um, You know, we sort of thought, okay, well, they're going to start auctioning off parts as soon as they can. Uh, But then they start to gel. They they showed a lot of resiliency throughout the regular season. Uh, They showed resiliency uh, here in the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know the one thing that I think a lot of um, a lot of smart basketball people, and I'll put myself in that group though I don't belong. There you go. Was sort of saying was sort of saying, look, the crunch time numbers are nice, but you know a really good team blows teams out. They don't put themselves in that situation. But I think this Thunder team has kind of shown that all of that yeah you know, that crunch time work throughout the season is paying off in a close series like this.
4: John, who do we owe the biggest apology to? Shea Gildas-Alexander's defense, Lou Dort's offense, the Thunder sinners. Like, like <laughs> what the heck? Who, who, who do we owe the biggest apology to?
0: Um, I don't know. Was it Billy Donovan? And, you know, I, I hate to do this, you know, thing where, like, when the Thunder win, you know, Bill, you, Billy's brilliant. And when they lose, you know, he's not. Um, but, you know, look, I had questions. Uh, about just rolling out the starting lineup as is, given you know the disparity in this series, but you know Billy had some wrinkles that he ran with that starting lineup, and you know clearly he saw some stuff. He is seeing some stuff that those of us on Twitter are not seeing, and, and that's not to say that there is you know nothing to criticize him about, but I think it's again another example that sometimes you got to have to trust the experts. Once in a while, and you know, even though I've questioned, why is he playing New Orleans Noel so much? Why does he play Basley some more? Um, why doesn't he do more to get you know <laughs> to keep Lou Dork from shooting sixteen shots? Some of that's valid, but I think Billy Donovan is kind of showing that you know he knows how to take something and and sort of make it work when when a lot of us don't think it is working.
1: Talking to John Hamm on the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline, John, I can guarantee is wearing an adult pajama set. It's definitely uh, pant, <laughs> full pants. Is it the tucker? And, and I don't think he tucks in his pajamas, but I'm, I, there's buttons on the front for sure. Am I, right? I
2: wear those. Is something wrong with that? Yes, there is. Okay, you're way, you're, you're um, way
1: too old, Jerry. I, I,
0: I will have you know, uh, I am wearing a Duluth Trading Company, a very comfortable V-neck t-shirt that's two sizes too big it it, it is one of those that uh, that doesn't show your butt crack if you tuck if you tuck it in your pants oh it's one of
1: the yeah
0: yeah late it's, night it's one of those
1: late night john Hammond. and i butt love crack, late and, night radio and butt crack goes together uh real quick uh, stat <laughs> news just put out some russell westbrook clutch numbers tonight uh one air ball, one missed layup and two turnovers uh don't, oh, don't, so good. don't you miss Russell Westbrook around here uh all right I mean uh, game, game seven is this uh are these teams evenly matched, or is this just both of these guys showing each other's like uh pimples and just like both of them are just exposing what's bad about uh both teams and just clutch play comes out
0: i mean again, Jerry, I keep going back to you know there's been uh there's been adjustments from both sides throughout this series, right? Oklahoma City sort of felt the series out, made some adjustments. They took a bit of an advantage. Houston adjusted, OKC adjusted, and here we are. Yeah, we're, we're coming up on a game seven, and um, you know this is a cop-out, but I could certainly see that game going either way. I could see Houston getting white hot and running away with it. I could see it coming down the stretch, and OKC out executing them in a clutch situation like we've seen Chris Call do not just this season, but in seasons past. Um, it, it's going to be fascinating to see, especially in this environment down in Orlando. But, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of time for Houston to shake this off. And one final thing, why was Harden so willing to give up the ball there at the end of the game like that? That's, that is something, when, when Harden gets a lot of criticism for you know, his performance in the playoffs and, and people sort of brush back and throw his numbers out, it's little things like that. Why didn't he demand to get the basketball back in that situation?
1: Yep. I actually agree with you. That was actually one of my points. I love it when you sound like me. You're really smart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's just it's one of those things, Jerry. It's almost like, um, you know, I, I can't fail if I don't try. That's almost what it seems like when, when Harden is in those situations.
1: He should take uh, a page from Lou Dort. So Great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Uh By the way, whenever you come on with us, that makes uh the CPAC uh, the CPAC party the majority. A, a CPAC? What are we? We're we trying to take it's CPAP. Whatever it is, P A P PAP. So yes. So yeah. I'm sorry. I had to take yours it, off. Continuous,
0: continuous pulsating airway proposition. I, I forget exactly what it stands for, but uh point being, we all sleep better than you do, and that's what matters.
1: <laughs> Thanks, John. Appreciate it.
0: Okay.
1: Joke him on the Little Caesars hot and ready hotline. Night, John. Uh, let's, uh, he's already, Madison, he's gone. He's already
2: gone. He's gone.
4: Madison. He's
1: dead. He did not hear that. <laughs> Where'd to go.
2: They just wanted to say goodnight.
1: He left us. It's like the beginning of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Shake his hand next time.
2: <laughs> um, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> so, uh, 1077 of the franchise. Let's go ahead and do player of the game. Well, fine. It's fine. Player of the game. Brought to you by Alex Samuel Volkswagen.
4: I'll I mean. go first. I'll go first. Chris Paul. No,
3: let's let Madison go.
2: I'm going to go first. <laughs> um, Madison. Oh, my God. You Look, guys are calm making me down. feel so awkward. <laughs> Let's just address the elephant in the room real quick. I did not say a bad word. I <laughs> did. Well, sure did, sound... did we dump it, Madison? <laughs> did you? No, okay, because good. I had the uh, utmost confidence. I said fine, and then I had a little hiccup at the end, so it sounded like something else. Dan anyway.
3: Tony would have challenged that call. <laughs> <laughs> we got teed up, probably.
2: No, I'm really, really sorry if someone thought I said a bad word. I did not. <laughs> you need to apologize to me. I'm the one who had the heart attack. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ryan, my player of the game tonight is uh, going to... Okay, so you guys might disagree. It's fine. But my player of the game obviously is Dennis Schroeder.
1: What? Okay, first of all, I want to play fantasy football with you. uh, (laughs) You have the first or second pick. That is brilliant.
2: It's Dennis Schroeder. He did a lot of the dirty work tonight so I'm going to give it to him. I'm
4: picking second. I'll take Chris (laughs) Paul because Chris Paul was the player of the game tonight.
3: Well... You know, Chris Paul made the shots late. He helped he probably helped the Thunder win the game, but he does he's not in that position if Lou Dort doesn't have that three for three streak where he hits a layup and then he hits two gigantic three-pointers. The Rockets left him open and Lou Dort just answered the call, so shout-out to you, Lou Dort. You answered your Game 5 disaster.
1: This is why I'm in the position I am as the elder statesman, the smarter one, the crafty one. The player of the game, obviously, is Thunder, Russell Westbrook. Thunder Great Russell Westbrook. There,
4: yeah.
0: The City Thunder First Take Thunder Game show, presented by TotallyTickets.com, on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. It's
1: Ryan Chapman, Brady Trantham, and Jerry Ramsey, Madison Morris. Has been relieved of her duties. Oh my god.
2: Is this the music from Twilight?
1: (laughs) It's Muse, yes. It's from Twilight. By the way, what team are you? Team Jacob or? Team uh, Jacob. Are you? Always. That's, That's the werewolf, right?
2: Yeah, because he's not freezing cold.
1: Speaking of freezing cold, freezing cold takes
2: the uh, <laughs> Houston Good segue. The Houston
1: Rockets uh, dominated game five. And uh, it looked like it was just going to just quietly sweep uh, Oklahoma City under the rug and move on to the Lakers. No, it's a game seven. Joining us now, question mark, from the Triple M Ranch. Uh, I believe it is the one and only Chisholm Holland. Chisholm, how are you doing?
5: Doing good, brother. How are y'all doing hanging out there in studio together? That is
1: fantastic. Uh, glad to be talking to you on the other side. It's 11 o'clock. I know you and Mother usually have warm milk to get to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but I do appreciate you spending time with us tonight. Uh, I mean, Click. <laughs> come on. It's game seven, Chisholm. Uh, how the hell did we get here? Uh, tell us what you sort of saw from the uh, Holland Palace. Well, I don't know
5: about a palace. Uh, I mean... I think this is that classic OKC game, right? Like, we can't really describe why they won for a multitude of reasons. They just kind of hung around, hung around, hung around. The final three minutes, I mean, they just kind of hit the go pedal, and it's over. And I think that's what this team has done all year is they've just tried to make it close down the stretch. They can't win by ten points. There's just no way they could pull it off. But they can win by two, and they can win by hitting big shots down the stretch. And I think that's a big story, obviously. Uh, the talking points and what we'll talk about on the radio tomorrow to make sure that we get some ratings uh, to get the people going, as they say, is that Russell absolutely blew this game for the Rockets. I thought he was horrendous, uh, but I'm sure that's been uh, beaten like a dead horse so far in this show. But I would say that's two big sticking points: is that OKC didn't let Houston balloon out to those 20 point leads that they enjoyed in Game Five and Games One and Two, and they didn't, you know, allow Russell to kind of get his groove. I think I think Russell's going back to the locker room right now, pretty frustrated with himself and. A frustrated Russell in the playoffs, as OKC fans are familiar with, is a uh, good Russell to compete against.
3: You know, Chisholm on Saturday, you said on Twitter, you can't play Steven Adams, Lou Dort on the floor at the same time, and obviously, like that, made, it makes a lot of sense. It made a lot of sense even going into tonight, but uh, obviously, we've already talked about Lou Dort and his little three shot spur, those two big three pointers late in the second half to help the Thunder get even in position to win this game late, but. I mean, Stephen Adams, Like we we kind of touched on it a little bit in the first segment, Chisholm, but that's the type of play that demands him to be on the floor. I mean, you look at the stat sheet, he's not doing that much, but he kept so many possessions alive. He made his presence known, and knowing full well that Billy Donovan is just going to play that center, I mean, this is what we need to see out of Stephen, right?
5: Uh, I mean, yeah, I think this is, if you're going to play a traditional center against Houston, you know, today was about as good as you can ask for, and Truthfully, I thought Steven was fine. I, I still think he's a little passive. Obviously, the, the stat for me, for Steven in the first half, to describe what I would like to see an adjustment in, is not post-touches. But it's the fact that Steven had created eight extra offensive possessions in the first half, and the Thunder had scored two points. Whenever Steven's gotten these offensive rebounds against Houston, he's decided to kick them back out to his guards, which makes sense. I would like to see Steven be a little bit more aggressive in that situation, trying to score off of offensive rebounds. But overall, I didn't think that he was a, a detriment to the team at any point tonight. Uh, and I thought he benefited from the fact, as horrible as this sounds, that Lou Dort wasn't on the floor for majority of the first half because of foul trouble. I think playing Terrence Ferguson as abysmal, as the minutes were, and all five of them really felt like 25. Uh, I did think that you could tell that at least Houston was vaguely considering guarding uh, Terrence Ferguson as opposed to Lou Dort, uh, which helped, again, create some offensive uh, glass room for Steven. I thought it was a good game. I, not... You know one of Stevens all time great games. I still think he could he could be a little bit more aggressive in his mentality uh, but overall, if you're going to play a traditional center against Houston, like I said, this is what it looks like. This is the game that you see from someone like that.
2: Yeah, I feel like, especially in this series right now, Chisholm, that Billy Donovan, he has kind of he's figured it out by now. I think the first couple of games, it's been a little witchy washy. Obviously, Oklahoma City did not come out of those successful. And I think they were kind of figuring Houston out with all the switches. Like, what were they going to do? Who's going to match up well with other guys? So now that they kind of have it figured out, we were talking about this in the first segment with guys like Darius Baisley and uh, even Dennis Schroeder, Nerdland So well, coming in for Steven. Just how do you feel like, you know, you look at their scores, and obviously they're not putting a bunch of points up, but they still have some crucial uh, roles out there when they are doing so. So what have you thought about Darius Baisley, Nerlens Noel, and then Dennis Schroeder might have been a little chippy right now, but he's still getting stuff done.
5: Yeah, I mean, uh, Darius Baisley is the guy, I, I, all series, it's just felt like, why is he not playing more? And he's been averaging about 14 minutes a game in this series, but now he plays 22. So obviously uh, Billy saw some of the same things that we all saw. Uh, He had eight points at one point on one shot attempt, which I don't know if that's ever happened ever. Uh, And so I thought he was really effective. I think Darius shows that his skill set as far as being able to stretch the floor, uh, being able to guard the rim and rebound, translates well against Houston. And he he has a right to be probably playing more. And Newell's Joel getting 17 minutes I think is too many, and maybe Darius should be getting some of those. I just think he matches up so well against Houston. Uh, And I think uh, that's a, a bench piece that you should see going forward. 37 minutes for Dennis Schroeder, 12 points. Again, uh, to your point, Madison, 0-5 from the three-point line. Not like the offensive explosion we saw in game four that got everyone all excited about Dennis, but I think he was just as impactful. I thought Dennis uh, played great defense against James Harden uh, in stretches whenever Lou Dort was on the floor with foul trouble and making it tough on him in a lot of different ways. And I thought his aggression on the offensive end of trying to get to the rim and kicking it to Steven or kicking it to Darius Baisley and creating open shots for other players is also vital. I think it kind of reminds us that in Game 5, OKC had no chance of winning that game because they just decided to spot Houston basically 20 points at the jump. But without Dennis on the floor, their offense is totally different because he is kind of uh, the speedometer of this team with how fast they can play and how quickly they can get to the rim. And Dennis did all those things tonight. I'm not super worried about the, uh, the shooting touch, the 5-16. I'm more happy with the mentality uh, that he brought and how much energy he brought to the offense. And like I said, creating open shots for outside perimeter shooters like Darius Bailey, Danilo Gallinari, is something that he's really excelled at in this series.
4: Chisholm Holland, you know, co-host of the Triple M Ranch. He's joining us here on the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline. Chisholm, I know the horse is dead, but we're going to beat it some more. Last possession for the Rockets there. Horrible! He's horrible. 14 he seconds left. Horrible. What is going through Mike D'Antoni's mind when he says, 14 seconds left, we're down two. Let's put the ball in Russell Westbrook's hands and not James Harden. Is this James Harden shying away from the moment? Is it just Russ, Russ's alphaness showing through and you knew the ball wasn't going anywhere else? Like, What the hell, what the hell happened, bro? No, no,
5: no, no. I almost just swore. You almost got me to swear because I'm on the phone and I'm at my house. Uh, no, th- this is like eighth grade girls basketball. It was. It's not like, Jay, like Mike D'Antoni made a decision of Russell Westbrook's going to shoot the final shot. We don't know what the play was because all Russ did was supposed to dri- you know, dribble the ball up and initiate the offense. He couldn't even pull that off. He, he turned the ball over before whatever play Mike D'Antoni had drawn up got a chance to get going because he, he was like that all night. He was careless. His passes were all over the place. It, I don't know how many turnovers he actually ended up with. But, Chapman, it felt like he ended up with 40. And that last one was just the the piece of resistance because, again, you didn't even get a chance to get the play going because Russell, you know, dribbled to the elbow going 1,000 miles an hour. Never understand how Russell can make those kind of decisions and make those kinds of errors. So I, that's 0% on coaching for me because I have to assume there was a play that they were supposed to be running. Russell just didn't get them there. And so I think that's kind of where I'm going to sit on that is Russell's just going to be Russell. We saw a lot of those turnovers here in OKC and it was just came with the worst possible time for the Houston Rockets.
1: Hater of eighth grade basketball, Chisholm Holland on the Little Caesars hot and ready <laughs> hotline. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. Eighth grade girls basketball. That's right. Uh, by the way, there's they're, they're playing their hearts out Chisholm, but that's fine. Whatever. Uh, does Russell play in game seven? Does that quad act up? Uh, what do you do if you're Dan Tony? Because, man, you are stuck between a rock and a hard place because I don't know if you know this, Chisholm, uh, but they got Russell Westbrook for moments like Game 7. They, did they
5: did they get Russell Westbrook for Game 7? I don't think they got Russell Westbrook so he wouldn't be hurt in the playoffs. I, I think that is... I'm not even trying to be facetious or funny. That was some of the reasoning that Houston came out with when they made that trade, is that they wanted to have to... They wanted to stop having to deal with Chris Paul missing playoff games, so they wanted to trade for a durable player. And now the irony is obviously thick, and I don't need to explain it. Russell's going to play in Game 7. He played 27 minutes tonight. We heard going into the game that he was going to be on the same kind of minutes restriction, somewhere between 25 and 30. And you saw going into that final stretch, Russell was asking D'Antoni on the bench to get into the game. And he was standing up, and he had those giant ice packs on his knees. And he was begging D'Antoni to get back in. And when he checked back in, uh, the Rockets were, they checked out. The Rockets were down six. He checked back in, and they have a three-point lead. And then when the game is over, they lose by four. I mean, I think D'Antoni going to have to make some type of adjustment. But we know just as much as any fan base in uh, any media group that you're not going to really change Russell Westbrook's mentality. The only thing that, uh, if you're a Rockets fan, you can depend on is Is that aggression and is that anger that I know Russell Westbrook is brewing with right now because I covered him for too long to not know, is that going to turn into positive momentum where it's going to make a difference in this upcoming ballgame? I think that is the real question. And uh, truthfully, I think we've seen this time and time again in these playoff series. He hasn't performed well whenever he's gotten into his emotions and gotten to his rhythm. So I don't think his quad's going to act up because there's nothing that you can do to hold Russell Westbrook out of a playoff game if he is actually medically cleared to play. But I do think it going to be to the detriment of the Rockets. He was today. I, I think it's fair to assume that through these first two games, you know, obviously on Friday or Saturday night, we didn't get to see the full-fledged Houston Rockets because OKC decided they didn't want to play. Uh, so we really didn't get to see Russell Westbrook under pressure against his former team. Chism, so we saw that today, and yeah. it was not good.
1: Chisholm, I uh, appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, what fun it will be! And football season is not quite here yet.
5: It is not. It is not. I appreciate
1: you guys. Thank you for having me on. All right. No problem. Cheers and all joining us on the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline. Co-host. I'm sorry. Host of the Triple M Ranch with also Sam Mays. Is that the right way to do it? Samuel Mays. All right. Let's go ahead and take a trip around the association. It's a short trip. So uh, (laughs) let's go ahead. You know what? I would love to hear this. Uh, through the sights and sounds of Mr. Brady Trantham Tonight, our trip around the association will happen. Now, a franchise NBA playoff scoreboard
0: update presented by Bank 7. Let's do this.
3: Miami Heat take game one over the first seeded Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference second round. 115-104 behind Jimmy Bucket's 40 points. Outburst, and he just outplayed the MVP of last year, the Defensive Player of the Year, who doesn't want that smoke whatsoever in Giannis Antetokounmpo. 40 points for Jimmy Butler, like I said. 27 points out of the Dragon, Goran Dragic, uh, starting in these playoffs over Kendrick Nunn, who started all year for the Heat. And then, of course, Tyler Hero, 11 points, one big three at the end of that fourth quarter to help put the game away. Miami Heat, game one, up 1-0. I picked the Heat in six. I may want to change it.
1: Oh, clean sweep, Heat and four. Yep. Is that what you're doing? Can they win in three? <laughs> I don't think it works that way. Uh,
3: Myers Leonard is on that team, Madison. Oh, it you works have a, that way. You have a vested interest.
1: Here, I am doing some producing on the uh, floor, on the fly, real quick. Uh, but let's see if we can get the audio up here. But uh, I don't know if you know this or not, Brady, uh, Ryan, and Madison. But the Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Giannis on chopak whatever you want to say, because that was good. Every single time I hear somebody else announcing, it's a different, uh, yeah. it's a different, it's a different deal. But uh, he's on that team, and he was uh, guarding Jay Crowder for most of Jimmy Butler's outbursts. Hey,
3: Jay Crowder is like shooting lights out against the Bucks all year <laughs> with the Heat, so I, I kind of get it, but no, he's a coward.
1: Do you, uh, do we have this? Here is Defensive Player of the Year and potential MVP uh, talking about switching over to Jimmy Butler. Uh, To guard him? Yeah. No,
4: I didn't. Why would you ask that? Is that something you want to do going forward? No, I'll do whatever
2: coach I'm to do. <laughs>
1: Sorry, what? Yes. <laughs> Remember, there's only been a handful of Defensive Player of the Year's and MVPs. David Robinson, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, uh, Michael Jordan. Giannis might be putting his name with that. Do we know about David Robinson, Hakeem Olajuwon, not wanting to guard that dude? Because they did. No, I'll do whatever coach i do.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, quite honestly, Jerry, they wouldn't have stopped Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Butler either.
1: Now, well, we, we'll never know because the defensive player of the damn year did not guard him. Yeah, and you
3: got to imagine Mike Budenholzer is like, don't throw me under the bus like that, dude. Go do something.
1: It's a player's league, I thought. Are we all voting for Giannis and the MVP, right? You're, you think he's the MVP, right? Uh, no. Oh, who's you got? LeBron?
2: I mean, I don't know. I'm, I haven't given it enough thought. <laughs> is like, Chris, Paul, Chris Paul! Chris Paul's the MVP I, No, I want to give it some more thought because I... I can't fully get myself on board. Season's almost over, damn it. I know. battling five guys and the refs all series long. It's Chris Paul. Honestly, I can't get on board with LeBron James right now, but uh, ask me in a couple of weeks.
1: First of all, get on board with LeBron James. He's an old man, old man strength. I'm all for the old man. LeBron James MVP. What do you got?
3: LeBron's not the MVP. And I don't care how many first-person narrative pieces you read about him. He's all not right. the MVP.
1: Hello, I might write one.
3: And uh, also, let's, let's, let's right all right. remember that LeBron James orchestrated the boycott on Wednesday. It was all him. Because he wants you to know that. <laughs> Who's your MVP? It's Giannis. Okay. I mean, it's clearly, it's clearly Giannis.
1: Mr. Freak of the Greek, yes. Okay. All right. Well, your MVP and defensive player of the year uh, wants none of Jimmy he, Butler. I don't li- blame him. This is Jimmy Buckets we're talking about. Okay. Jerry, he listens to his coach. Sir, no one does that anymore. I agree. 107.7 of the franchise. Oh, we have a flash flood warning. I saw Everybody that. stay
3: safe where out there. It flashing, it, where is the flashing? Where is the
1: flood? Keep flooding. your clothes on.
3: Floods.
2: It's, man, the Russell
3: Westbrook tears flowing down the <laughs> the the canal of
1: Bricktown. Savage. All right, have we all picked? Uh, we all picked a stat to play with. Yep. All right, let's do it. I, you know what I didn't even tell Ryan I did we are going to do the stat cat Ryan which by the way I think I need to get home uh, because I think my stat cat is like under a tree right now and it's raining so I feel terrible.
3: Well, you can always tell the listeners what I got you for not Christmas.
1: That's a good. You want me to say that real quick? Sure. Brady Trantham, who I guess had free points uh, for uh, his awesome wear that he buys, got me a uh, button a button up of uh, with the Detroit Pistons all over it, ready for date night.
3: Yeah. yeah. Little Gals. does he know there's like a Michael Jordan number stitched inside. <laughs> what, All
1: did, I know... what did it
4: cost? What did it cost? Wait, wait, whoa, 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 wait,
1: wait, wait. What's new, pussycat? cat? whoa, whoa, whoa. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. Is that the for How much it cost? Yes, correct. <laughs> Quick, with this, there's a really good chance I'm going to get physical with Mrs. Ramsey like Rick Mahorn. Ew, hey. uh,
2: why are you telling us Le- that? At Le- least
1: you're going to be looking snazzy. I've been married for years. God- I know. God smiles upon me when I'm doing it. I'm you don't,
2: you, you don't
4: get to talk about this, Madison, after the stories you told us.
2: I'm. Those are for off the air. Those are off the air that's, 20 is I'll my I'll take stat. it off the air that's No it's, it's, when, it's
1: That's when you deny Madison deny, <laughs> deny 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 Deny
3: Madison Morris denied us thrice
1: Can somebody give <laughs> a damn 39-47 What is that?
4: That's the minutes that Chris Paul played. He finally got over that coveted 36-minute mark, and we needed every second of it to push to a Game 7 so that we get to do this all again on Wednesday, 39-47. Chris Paul almost ran a cool 40 out
3: there. Great stats. Brady, you got something? 26 points from Danil Gallinari. Um what we talked about in pregame didn't actually work out, but Danilo Gallinari scored like we needed to see him score, which is funny because he started off 0-4-4, couldn't hit the broad side of the barn early on that first quarter. But good job, Danilo Gallinari. Good bounce back for him.
2: Well, Brady stole my stat, but that's I okay. I'm
3: sorry, Madison. No, it's
2: okay. I, I, I had a different angle, but I have a backup. You guys are welcome. My stat is 32 points in the paint for Oklahoma City compared to 46 for Houston. Oklahoma City still won. <laughs>
4: Quick, quick, quick. What, what's your what's your other angle on that one?
2: Oh, I was just going to say that my... Uh, I was going to say the number 24 because that was the points differential that... Oh. That's, did, that's good.
3: Russell. <laughs> there you go. Damn, no, R- Russell had his own little stat, Cat. He was like... He was talking about the last turnover of the game. He's like, that's all on me. No, No question about it. I had zero turnovers in the last game. It's like, yeah, but... It didn't matter. The Thunder didn't care about that game in the second half, and you were still 3 of 13. Russell, you're a Hall of Famer. I I hate to see this happen. I hate to see great players at this point in their careers. It's hard to watch.
1: Can we play a couple of uh, Chris Paul uh, clips before I give my stat and we get out of here? Uh, By the way, uh, big thanks to John Hamm, uh, to Chisholm, uh, also to Madison, Brady, and Ryan making this a fun show. Go ahead. It
3: was special. It was special. Uh, my boy, Mike Russell, coaches one of my AAU teams. He always coaches our team with a towel on his shoulders just because of Coach Thompson. Yeah. And uh, another big shout out to our players for how they're handling everything down here as men. You know what I mean, with everything going on. And as far as our team, this is who we are. You know what I mean? We, we built for stuff like this. A lot of guys on our team been, you know, pushed out, traded or whatnot, but we just stick together and we keep fighting. Well, it seems like part of your team is also Playing with a chip on your shoulder a little chippiness there's a lot of talking out there and in particular we saw you had a big shot and then give a little hat to the behind to the houston rockets yeah it was uh robert coverton shout out to tennessee state hbcu you know the main gamesmanship sure. so i respect love uh love my teammates dennis shoulder is a dog He's a dog i go down play against anybody with him any day and our team man you know when it gets to Clutch time, fourth quarter, some people built for it, some people shy away from it. You know, you saw Dane, all that stuff, like some, some people built for it, man, and we just gonna keep, we gonna keep hooping. Alright, you got less than 48 hours of game seven against your former and team. Ain't nothing like it, ain't nothing like it. No matter who was against, it's a game seven. You know what I mean? I just want my guys to know that, you know, we, we, we gave ourselves a chance. You know? You know, you saying, you, you saying we got a chance? <laughs> we got a chance, so we gonna keep fighting. Appreciate you, Jared, I'm out. All right.
1: He doubled down on the it doesn't matter if it's Houston or whoever uh, later on. Do you have that one?
3: As as myself, as, you know, when you're as competitive as myself and the guys on our team, don't matter if it was my mom or my aunties over there. You know what I mean? Like we, we wanna hoop, we wanna win and yes yeah, the team that I played for last year, but regardless, you know, it's gonna be the same energy no
2: matter who it is. Right. You know
1: when Nope, okay. Sorry, Chris, but yeah, we've had enough of you. All right, game seven in a couple of days. Uh, it's going to be awesome. It will be the last game of the season for the Oklahoma City Thunder, or they move on against the MVP, wow. LeBron James. Let's do this. All right, my stat, by the way, was two. Two big three-pointers by Lou Dort. Go, Lou. That's right. Suck it! It's <laughs> Lou Dort knocking down threes. Lou Dort revenge game. Absolutely you? Why are you looking
4: at me in the eyes when you're saying, suck it? Because you're the other wrestling fan. We're the
1: wrestling fans on this side of the glass. We're supposed to appreciate a little, suck it! Why are you looking into my eyes? Like, I mean, what are we doing here? Never make eye contact. (laughs) No eye contact. No eye contact. All right, for Madison, for Brady, for Ryan, uh, stick around. Listen to the station. Uh, Todd and Andy will be here at 6 o'clock in the morning. We love you. We mean it. Bye.
0: Oh, motherfucker! Fundo. It was really weird, first part of the show. I was just wondering if that was a post game basketball show. It seemed like it was something else, but. Y'all yeah, ain't met Player P yet, huh? No, I love them. I'm always going to love them. But I'd almost be willing to stand in front of the post office and give you 30 minutes, how to give me a public ass whooping. The experience is unmatched. We're good to Bring bring, bring bring your green, your green hat. hat. Let's go. 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 Come on everybody.